0: Thank you, thank you, thank you. For your patience, because it finally worked out there. All right, now, good afternoon. Hello, everybody. This is Rachel Vote. and this is a Good Guys Girl, Good Girls Guide to Podcasts. I don't even know the name of my own podcast. That's how well it's going to start off here today, I think, but... I've been doing a really good job at kind of making sure to uh, make the introductions a lot shorter so we can get into the content like we do anyway. But uh, if you were vibing with me, we're on season three of the podcast, so I'm sure that that means we've met some time other than just now. But if somebody's invited you here, oh my God, thank you so much for being here. And I want to shout out to them. So tell me how we've connected. Make sure that I can give some love to the, the person who's introduced us. But Furthermore, if you feel like that uh, you're vibing with me and you want to connect some way, shape, or form over sexual wellness and intimacy needs or anything beyond that, everything that's going on in your life, uh, make sure to find the link tree in the description. We can do one-to-one sessions. We can do empowerment classes. Uh, you can get into my free VIP page where we do content so you don't even have to pay for your service until you're ready. So <laughs> whatever you're comfortable with, find it uh, because I'm ready to get into my podcast for today. Uh, if you've been listening along, you might know that part of the reason why season, season three came back was because people asked me about it and I was very, very humbled and so excited to do it. But one of the best pieces of feedback that I got about the first two seasons was the guests. People loved when other people came on and shared their stories and I love that as well because part of the reason why I took such a large break after wrapping season two, was kind of, I just felt like I didn't have anything else to talk about. And then on the other side of that the insecure part of me was like I'm just rambling or people even listening kind of thing. So I very much prefer dialogue anyway. Uh, I prefer being able to yeah. listen to other people's experiences and get perspectives. And that is exactly why I've asked my dear friend, Amaya, to come back. This is at least the third time you've been on my show. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. Sure. Yeah. Podcast. But you also had a podcast. We have uh, we got together a couple times for that. And then, obviously, we go back since we were 16 years old. That's crazy insane. Uh, so I'm very, very grateful that you have given me another opportunity to come on to the podcast today. And if you're cool with it, what I really want to do is start off with just, like, letting them know where you've been, what you've been up to since the last time we connected.
1: Um, well, um, always, thanks for having me, always a pleasure, anytime, and I, ooh, when is the last time we connected?
0: Oh, my goodness, it, I mean, uh, I think it was when you publicly, wrapped up your anyway. podcast. Say what? I think it was when you wrapped up, wrapped up your podcast.
1: Yeah, so that was, I guess, ooh, that's coming up on a year, Hmm. So, or something like that. So, um since the last time we connected uh i have been i've become a stay-at-home dad for the time being i love that um yeah so the the last time we talked i was wrapping up my old podcast i'm working on a new one we'll talk about that but i was wrapping that up trying to figure out what i wanted to do Mm -hmm. and i have a i have three boys and my just my youngest is four and he is on the autism spectrum, he has autism. Mm. And so we have gotten him into, by probably about the time we talked last publicly, we were looking into getting him into ABA therapy and figuring out that process because it's extensive. He goes four days a week for eight hours. And so it's just a, a process and there's waiting periods and signups and all that you know kind of thing that goes into that. But in about October, end of October, we were able to get him into a program that's about 40 minutes away from the house. Mm -hmm. And during that time, while we were trying to get, while we were on the waiting list, Brittany uh, was working from home. And about the time we got him into the program, she got a job offer, a promotion at her job paid a little bit more money and we sat down and did the math and kind of where does this put us and we decided she would take that job and continue her corporate path and I would take a step back from working and transport kids to and fro and get them where they needed to be and cook clean do all that fun stuff so I've been doing that since about uh End of October, beginning of November.
0: Ah, yeah, I remember I mean we got to briefly touch about that. I had no idea. Uh and if you have not listened to any of the previous podcasts, it's just like kind of important to know that because like, you were with your company for a very long time before you left corporate America. Is that true? Uh
1: yes. I September of twenty twenty one what year twenty twenty three.
0: Is now, yeah.
1: Twenty twenty three. So yeah, September I think September of twenty twenty-one, I left the job that I had worked at off and on for oh god, fifteen years at that point. Uh and I just got to the point that I wasn't happy there and I talking to Brittany, talking to some close friends, talking even talking to my ex wife, mm-hmm. um all agreed that I was unhappy at that particular job for whatever reason they could tell the difference between when I was there and when I was not there. So yeah. cut the cord and moved on from there and kind of bounced job hopped for a little bit. And then, like I said, you know, when Brittany got her promotion, we decided to go down that path. And that's, that's where we are.
0: I love it. I, I know that it might even be like borderline cliche to like, admire the fact that you're doing the stay at home dad thing. I don't give a shit. I think, it, I think it's necessary to commend you. I think it's necessary to talk about it. I think it's necessary for other people, not just men, but women to see that. I mean, that's where we're at, in my opinion. And 2023, if there's not equal division of emotional labor in the house, somebody is suffering. And for you to have the opportunity to not only see a perspective, even if Brittany never was a stay-at-home mom, but for you to see a perspective of the domestic feminine that we're so much coached to being in the, the the cultural social cues of everything, that's all one thing. But what I really love about this is the fact that you have that full presence ability for your sons in general, but then specifically your youngest son, which is just remarkable. The level of parenting dedication that you and Brittany are putting into your kids, it's what you would expect people to do but not everybody does you know and i think that parents who are brave enough to do the stay-at-home parent thing i think that's a level of beyond that a lot of people will never understand because the really important work that you're doing at home you and i both know you're not getting paid for it it fucking sucks but it's so important
1: yeah but yeah very much so and it's it was it was a struggle and a process to get there um we were actually we were actually talking about it last night um her birthday was yesterday Mm -hmm. and so people were at work were wishing her happy birthday and all those things and the center where jackson is going to therapy we actually found out about through someone in her company that was office management and had went to a ribbon cutting for i think Mm -hmm. another facility that they were open and it kind of clicked in his head he remembered seeing something on facebook or whatever Mm -hmm. And so we started talking to them and we couldn't figure out how we were going to make this work because she's working, I'm working, he's got to be here. And at the time, I was making more money. And so we got to the point where she put in a notice at her job.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: And when she put in that notice, uh, it caught some people's attention. And so they ended up letting her work from home. Oh, so she was able to work from home for about five months last year while we were working on getting him into the program and it turned out that the center where he's at she had an aunt who lives close by so the plan was initially she would take him back if she would take him and drop him off go to her aunt's work from there pick him up come home and but just things progressed in a different direction and that's where we are and you know the the stay at home dad thing. You know the with all of that, it it never really affected me. I was raised by all women, mm-hmm. uh, so I've seen women be completely in control of everything. So I don't. There's very few things in this in our household that are quote unquote my job or her job, right. and most of them. <laughs> The, the few things that are, is just because she just doesn't want to do them, yeah. taking out the trash or things of that nature. But there's nights, you know, there's always been nights when she would cook or I would cook and one would do this and one would do that. So it's really just been about teamwork and partnership. And this is what, you know, this is what we need. And this is what I need to do to make that happen. Or this is what you need to do to make that happen. And we go from there and keep pushing.
0: I love it. I love it. I was actually having dinner with my girlfriends the other night. One of them is single and one of them uh, has been married for a very long time, I think 15 so-ish years and I, I like to get together with them because like, we jokingly, they like to poke fun at me and I like to poke fun at myself. It's like I almost never should have anything to bitch about with my husband because like, the division of labor in our house is so equal but it still tends to be very traditionally stereotypical in those roles and so sometimes I find myself getting a little resentful and then like I was having dinner with the girls and we were just like, oh my God, get over yourself. So the worst of the problem is that you have to ask him to do something. He doesn't just know, even though he does know how to do all these other things. So anyways, I digress. That was my whole point was that it, was just, it's, it seems almost silly that I wish your way was like the standard, that it wasn't just like that men could see value in women, that everybody saw value in everybody, That what everybody does, but here we are. Um, what would you say you feel like has been one of the biggest things in terms of, like, a benefit or the thing that you noticed was the biggest difference from you switching into this role?
1: It, it's really been finding a purpose.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, because, you know, if the kids aren't here, yeah. the house stays pretty clean. Yeah. So, you know... And, you know, I can clean, you know, clean it, you know, get the house clean and stuff. And it's like, all right, what 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 do I do now? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, it's kind of like all your chores are done, but, just, you know, what do you do now? You're just sitting around waiting. Yeah. So um, I spend, you know, I try to spend some time at the library, you know, reading some books, just kind of, um, you know, finding, you know, finding a daily purpose to follow and fill, fill those hours. Yeah. You know,
0: good for you. Good for you. And it's funny that you say that and it's not a coincidence by any way, shape or form because the universe always works in mysterious ways. But that's kind of like in 2022, that was the year that I kind of made this proclamation. I'm like, I'm not doing anything new. Like I just did new stuff back to back to back to back for quite a few years. And I'm proud of that, but I can kind of feel that I'm teetering on a burnout. And so I'm just going to keep the pace in 2022 and kind of see how that goes. And just like you had mentioned, like there was a lot of reflection from time to time where it was like, I'd feel so guilty one day because I felt like Olivia watched too much TV. There's another day I felt so guilty because I had 15 messages like to get back to my clients with, or I felt so guilty because I had an afternoon where it was like, I don't feel like I have anything scheduled that I have to do, but I could do a TikTok or I could do this or I could do that or whatever. So the mind continues to race around value And being a stay-at-home parent is difficult in that regard, as we mentioned, because you're not getting paid for it. So it's this mindfuck about, is your thing even worth it? Does your thing even contribute? Even though it does, of course, because it's running the household, it's raising the children, literally creating these people to be tiny human beings. And it's a lot of pressure. And when you're in full awareness, which a lot of people weren't, aren't excluding my mother when she was raising me when I was young. Right. Is that that's not intentional parenting. That's just kind of existing next to your children. And so not only is it emotionally entailing, but yeah, there's no, there's no physical payout in this earthbound reality game that we play. We need money to survive. And so I go back and forth with that as well. But like finding an afternoon where I'm just kind of like, okay, like I don't want to twiddle my thumbs, but I always end up making something up. I'm like, you could be doing this, you could be doing that. And it just is like, Scale it back a little bit, just a little bit. It's okay for you to have a little bit of time for yourself. Nobody's going to shame you if you didn't work one afternoon out of seven days. But I, it's hard.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's been good for me too. Um, I grew up and and this is, it was definitely a problem in my last relationship, and it's it's been an issue at times with me and Brittany, mm-hmm. and it's taken me time to realize where that issue came from is I grew up as an only child. Mm-hmm. So I am at, you know, for 20 some odd years, you know, I was very much used to being able to be alone yes, and to be, you know, to just to have that time in that space. Yes. And when you move in with somebody and you have kids that, that alone time goes away. Mm-hmm. And then, so it becomes a, a balance of, When to try to get that alone time for yourself. When do you try to get that alone time with your partner and, you know, not making it a, you know, a situation where it feels like you don't want to spend time with them when you have the opportunity, but you also need that time for yourself. Oh,
0: yes. Yeah, I feel that way too. Like, is it's like I try not to think about. Well, Tony gets to get gets to get out of the house five days a week. I'm like, he's still friggin' working. You know, it's not like he's going and having social time. But it is a little bit different. Like my work with the children, even though it like stops at four when Dad gets home and I go into my office to work. When I come out at six for dinner, I'm back on. And my, my child is going to gravitate towards me because I've been the primary figure in her life consistently for four years. So it has nothing to do whether she likes dad more. It's mom because mom's always been there. And so that is yeah. that is true. Like sometimes I'll be in my bedroom, right, and then she'll wander in there and be like, what are you doing? And I don't want to be politely be like, I'm getting a break. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know your umbilical cord is tightening right now, but but that's exactly it. It's been, it's been kind of a catch 22 for me to convince myself how important it is to make sure that my glass is full before I interact with my children and my partner and my loved ones. If it's feeling low, because then I'm going to get snippy and then I'm going to feel agitated and it's going to come out in ways that they, they don't deserve, but it is a balance when you live with your
1: coworkers in
0: that regard.
1: <laughs> yeah. Very much so.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that you guys are talking it out and more importantly that you said that you understood where that came from. Cause I agree. Like, even though we had three kids, I was the youngest. And so I often felt like the only child, especially when my brother and sister went to school and my mom put me in front of a TV. So I I absolutely resonate with that. And I also believe, I don't know if you kind of connect with this, but I also believe I'm just the type of person that just needs that from time to time. I assume everybody is, but like when I was unhealthy, I would use my social get-togethers as a distraction because I didn't want to go home. And now that I'm in a better space mentally and I'm okay with being by myself, it's almost as if... It's kind of swung the pendulum to the other side. It's like I can people for a little bit, especially because that's my line of work. But I need some time to recuperate and quiet. (laughs)
1: Yeah, very much so. Yeah, and it is something that you know, as we get older, God, I hate saying that word, (laughs) but uh, that you know, you start to look back over your life and you realize things that you didn't realize, and you know, they make a lot of sense. Yeah. you know me and Brittany go back and forth um, at times because she's the youngest of four okay and so and you know her her family was always kind of taking in stray kids so you know she's the baby in the house where there might there might be 10 11 people there you know counting brothers and sisters and parents and whoever else so she naturally became a loud person yes and so there's lots of times when she'll say something and she doesn't hear herself. And I'm like, why are you yelling? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and it's like, you know, that's something that, you know, she's starting to see and, you know, learn and take because she would see my reaction to what she was asking me to do. Yeah. And she didn't, you know, she didn't hear the way it sounded or when it came out and I'm like, and I'm like you're you were you're being loud. She's like you know she started to realize that she was the baby of the house. She always had to be loud to be heard. So.
0: Yeah, what an important correlation. I would have never all my life people of you know like report card said chatty Kathy talks a lot. Never said talks too much. They were kinder thankfully, but but I struggle with that. Like even in business, like when I go to do a demo or even here in my office. Like, the entire house can hear me. I just don't know how to dial it down to an inside voice. And so what you say really connects with me because even though it was kind of the opposite where I was very quiet because the same thing, like overpowering household, talking a lot, whatever, a lot of powerful voices as well. But I do correlate with that. I wonder if that's why I don't have an inside voice. I just, same thing, same thing, talk really loud. Why were you talking so loud? I didn't even know I was talking loud. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like who are you yelling at? I'm
0: not yelling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh well that's really cool. Is she liking her job now that she got the promotion?
1: Yes, yeah, she is. Um she was actually um she started the end of twenty twenty one, roughly, uh kind of helping out a lady that was doing that job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of got down that path. And then when that lady left the company, they promoted her into that position. So she's really liking it and enjoying it and thriving so far. Uh, Like I said, she's been in that role for since about November. And the company seems to be very high on her. Mm -hmm. And I'm teaching her how to how to accept that how to you know we talked last night about the owner of the company had given her a compliment or or told her about hearing compliments about her and she realized later because we had had the conversation within the past couple of months that she doesn't take compliments well Mm. you know and so she realized that you know sent him an email back you know later that day and he you know told her you know, told uh you know, I didn't mean to come off rude or anything like that. I don't take compliments well. I really appreciate it. And he was like, you know what, I'm glad, that, you know, thank you for telling me that. I don't take compliments well either. So good tidbit to <laughs> know. But, you know, she's doing extremely well.
0: Good. That is so good to hear. Congratulations to her. Congratulations to you and the family. I'm very proud of the both of you. Um It seems like. There's a lot of really great communication going on, which is around, again, that self-awareness, right? Like, just understanding one another so it's not dusted under the rug for 40 years or just ends up building resentment between the two of us because we don't even know why we're not speaking to each other. And instead, you're, like, literally digging deep to really understand each other's cues and triggers and things like that. That's awesome. So you said um, your youngest is in school four days a week, and the other kids, I assume, are probably, like, regular Monday through Friday, yeah. Yeah. So you've been spending yeah. some time at the library. What else have you been doing then with for yourself?
1: Uh, you know, spending some time in the library trying to, you know, find some books to read. Um uh, some like I said, where where Jackson's at is about forty minutes from home, so I don't always drive back and forth. Sometimes I stay there and, you know, do some door dashing just to kinda, you know, yeah have something to do, have a you know, a goal to meet, so to speak, and to, you know, keep a little bit of money in my own pocket, you know, so I don't have to constantly, you know, you know, can I have, can I have $5 to go to McDonald's? <laughs> you know, because, you know, she's, you know, she's making enough money to pay the bills and stuff, but you know, Hey, it's not, we're not living large by any means. And sure. you know, we do have to budget? And, yeah. You know, 37 years old. I don't want to have to ask for, you know, five, $10 here every day. Yeah. But know. I
0: also think that that just, it's an extension again of us right? Because you're not getting paid to do the cleaning and the cooking and raising the children. It's just, I feel the same way about like my pure romance party money. Like those pay the bills, but like the other things that I do are my fun money. it's a way to treat myself without feeling guilty. And it also, again, validates what I've produced in life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's cool.
1: So, you know, definitely doing, doing that, um, working, you know, working on a new podcast.
0: Yeah, uh, you mentioned that. Tell me about it.
1: Um, so you know, wrapping up the, you know, wrapping up the last podcast, I you know, really started paying attention to brand awareness mm-hmm. and realizing that being, you know, be, for lack of a better word, not being consistent with what I was doing, you know, over the years with the drinks with dub podcast yeah. had kind of been a damage in the sense that, you know, Hey, the people that have been seeing this for five, six years are probably, you know, lost a lot of confidence in it. Like i oh, say, I'm going to do this, but then I don't do it. So hey, if he puts out an episode here, or there, or whatever, it's not going to do another one. Mm-hmm. So took a step back and decided that I needed to figure out how to do this consistently a way to do it consistently that worked for me, worked for the family and that I felt like would work for, you know, potential listeners. Yeah. And so, you know, I decided to do away with the drinks with Dub name. And the first thing, you know, I thought about was I don't have time to sit down and do this every week. I just I just don't between, you know, kids running back and forth here and there I got, you know, I got a 10 year old who plays football and he's got practices and I've got a 14 year old in marching band and, you know, he's, you know, he puts in more hours, a lot of weeks than we do. So, um, so what I did was I decided to, you know, do a podcast that, you know, very much like you do with different seasons Mm -hmm. and to break those seasons down into various topics you know, this, this season will be this topic. And then I'll take a little break and retool and next season, come back with a different topic and thinking about, you know, branding, what i what I want to call it. How do I do this? Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I landed on uh, puzzle piece media, mm-hmm. which I think I've, I've let you know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this has got a few different meanings behind it wrapped up into one and uh the first was I wanted to wanted to name it something and have some relation to the children. I just you know, and so I looked at you know try to come up with things with maybe their initials, maybe their birthdays, things of that nature mm-hmm. and but then I landed on puzzle uh, the puzzle piece because all of them uh, have been tested for and have had various struggles with autism mm hmm being on the spectrum, and the puzzle, the puzzle piece is a symbol that has been used by the autism community. Right. So I like that, and then so I took that, and then looking at what the podcast, what I hope it becomes, is looking at different pieces of the world mm-hmm. that fit together, and you know all of these things fit together like a puzzle, mm-hmm. and so that's how I landed on Puzzle Piece Media, and. The first one I'm working on, I decided to start Stay Local. I'm working on what I'm calling the Creek Bank Chronicles, which is the story and tradition of my local high school football team. Yeah. Uh, We play – I mean, our football field is literally on a a creek bank. Like, it floods when there's too much rain. So, that's what it's always been called is the Creek Bank. And so, I'm about halfway done. I actually – Finished And I actually did an interview earlier today, and that puts me in about, I think, five or six. And I like to get between eight and ten episodes Mm -hmm. and then start rolling those out and then take that and expand it out.
0: I'm so happy to hear that. And I, again, I know I already said this once, but I'm going to have to say it again. I'm so grateful to the universe because of the, the timing for us to connect, because Almost identical situation, right? Like I said, I stopped the, the podcast recording so I was feeling burnt out. And then um it was actually a client of mine, one of the clients that was like, Bring it back already, bring it back already. I'm like, girl, I don't have time. And she's like, What do you mean you don't have time? Same thing, I said, exact same thing. I'm like, every week? I'm like, that's fifty-two podcasts, that's a lot of content for me to be pumping out. And she goes, Who said you'd have pulling out every week? And I go, me? <laughs> she was like, well, why? And I go, I don't know. So we talked about it, talked about it, talked about it. And she convinced me, she's like, just try it once a month or even bi-weekly. And I'm like, I don't even know why I never thought about giving myself permission to do that. And I think it's kind of along the same lines of what you were saying is like when you've been in business for a while and you know that consistency pays, when you think about doing a podcast, it's just like everybody who does a podcast does them weekly at least. So to, to launch one once a month, I guess I just felt a little insecure that it wouldn't keep the audience. And I guess, you know, like right now I'm just going to play some like whatever they asked for it. So I guess I'll give it a go because not only does it put my mental health in a priority, but I can deliver better, more genuine content when it's, it's shaped that way. And then something else that you said, you're talking about your kiddos. I love the puzzle piece thing, by the way, that's just so such a beautiful representation of your family. Um, but it was kind of like this conversation about what you're saying, where drinks with dubs went to the puzzle piece. And I kind of felt that because it was like, you know, like when we were younger and in business, so I don't know if you can relate to this, but I can, in retrospect, really understand that the uh, motivation behind me being in business at a young age and being really uh, not in a space of being aware was I still think that I was subconsciously drawn by the influence of a reality TV and stuff like that, because like that was our time, right? Reality TV, and now it's yeah. being an influencer in this day and age. Same kind of concept, but basically getting paid to exist, right? So you had your social thing, which was so much fun. And I absolutely have had eighteen hundred thousand things since I've been in business that were just for fun. That weren't really—they were business related, but they weren't content growing and, and revenue streaming, to say the least. So that shift is happening, not only, again, as you had said earlier, because we're getting older, okay, that's part of it, right, but it's also because, like, I don't know, again, something that you might be able to relate to because I've been processing this for self is that I've been such an advocate about giving away free content because a mentor inspired me to do that years ago, and she's massively successful, much more lucrative in her businesses than I am, and I'm not trying to compare, but it's just, like, an understanding that when I shifted to, like, the heart-centered business, it was completely different space. Right, so like giving away free content feeds my soul, and it gets it to people who may not ever be able to afford to do services with me, and gives them the potential permission to experience self awareness, and that's great. But then here I am in it for ten years, just like you had mentioned, right? Like we we are we are okay, but I'm not f- extra funding a four hundred one k. We're not taking four or five trips a year together, like. And I don't know if that's where I want to be because I know how much work that kind of takes, but I feel like I end up swinging back and forth all the time being like, oh, do I want to? Should I? But just being in full fucking acceptance of where I'm at right now and understanding that this is sufficient and this is enough. So when you talked about your kiddos, like, That was something I knew that was part of the reason why I ended up having to take the the break last year is that I could I could feel something rising to the surface around my son. I just knew he was going to be a huge, huge part of my focus around growth and development, not only for myself, but for him, because I had done the work on me. But I raised him when I was uh, uh, totally in the dark about being aware, you know, so that's where my focus is. And it's been hard. Because I kind of I kind of have, again, this expectation of comparison uh, after you've been in business for 10 years, it should be easier, or you should have more clients, or you should have more auto processes, or you should be making more money, or whatever the fuck, but then I have to go, yes, but you have a 15-year-old son. You've never had a 15-year-old son before, and this son is in a blended family relationship. His dad doesn't even live here right now. He needs you. Plus, you're still fully aware that you want to intentionally raise your four-year-old, and you've got a long ways to go. So, like, trying to compartmentalize the the success of your life overall versus success as a business owner, success as a parent, success as a partner, or whatever, whatever, and looking at that as a whole for those days that you feel like you're failing when it's like you look at everything and go, but I'm really not, you know? Like, just being able to give yourself that permission because the kids do come first. That's what's most important.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the kids are, yeah, everything, everything comes down to the kids at the end of the day. Me too. And, it you know, it is a show. You talk about, you know having a 15 year old, you know, I've got a 14 year old and I'm just like, "Who? what do I do with this 14 year old kid? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. And it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's a struggle every day because, you know, you're trying to figure out, you know, there's the part of you that knows, you know, what's coming because I was 14 once, <laughs> yes. but you know, I was 14 a long time ago. Yeah. And it's a lot of the same things, but it's going to come at you in a lot of different ways. You know, we didn't have social media, Right. you know, I didn't, you know, we didn't have cell phones. There was lots, of, you know, the world itself was a different place. And it's like, I'm having to learn how to navigate these things mm-hmm. on the fly to help him navigate them, yeah. you know, yeah. on the fly. You know, I have the advantage of not being 14 and being, you know, bombarded with brand new hormones Mm -hmm. but it's still you know it's still a it's still a head trip every day to try to figure this whole thing out you know I
0: agree I think that's one of the largest like misconceptions behind parenthood I feel like there's a little bit of gatekeeping that happens right it's like it's almost as if you get to a certain age and you just expect you're going to feel like an adult and that never happened for me I got to like 27, 20 I'm like maybe in my 30s I'm gonna actually feel like an adult. And then, you know, you hang out with 21-year-olds and you're like, I ain't 21. But my point being is that it's, it's exactly what you had said, right, is that that is one of the most powerful tools I try to implement with my 15-year-old is, hey, I've never had a 15-year-old. <laughs> You've never been 15. And when I step back and look at like the model my parents had with us as teenagers, they dropped the ball with every single one of us. And so I can't even pull from an experience heavily because it's ways I would never have done parenting. It's ways that weren't even parenting, right? So it is literally like you that's on the fly every day. You're creating a roadmap and a blueprint, and you're just hoping and praying that it's the best thing in this moment that you can do for your kid. Because how how the fuck do you really know? How do you know? You haven't had a fourteen year old before.
1: Yeah, no, not at all. And um, a you know, you know, a good friend of mine, a good friend that I've you know grown up with, I've known for you know a lot of years. He's got. You know, his boys and my oldest are actually uh, cousins. They're second cousins. Mm -hmm. One is 15 now and one is 12. And so they're, you know, they're right around the same age. And, you know, we had a conversation that led to me having a conversation with Micah, my oldest, when the, uh, when back in November, uh, Takeoff, the rapper from the Migos, when he was killed. Okay. Okay. And, you know, you know, raising kids is raising kids is hard enough, yeah. you know, and then but we also have the experience of having grown up as black male teenagers in this society. And it's like. We we know what's coming, we know the pressures that they're going to face and, you know, seeing this, you know, seeing this millionaire, you know, shot down over you know a dice game. In the hood, it's like, mm-hmm. what do we do to keep them out of this situation to not be drawn to that? Because, you know, everybody see we we see the rappers and we know the we know the success stories mm-hmm. all too well. We know, you know, Snoop Dogg went from you know being a gangbanger to having a TV show with Martha Stewart. Right. You know, right. Jay Z sold crack and now he's married to Beyonce, and it's like that's that's not necessarily the path you want to go down, right? And trying to, you know, raise these boys to, you know, the thing we talked about was we want to keep them away from that, Mm -hmm. obviously. But at the same time, there's a part of you that feels they need to be exposed to that to know what it is that they're staying away from and how to recognize those situations. So, you know, I've had conversations with him over the past few months about things that I've done that, you know, I'm not the proudest of and you know, just being in situations where it's like, Hey, these things are going to come up and you need to know what they are and how to deal with them. So yeah. Yeah. Making it all up
0: <laughs> for for real. It really is. You know, as you'd mentioned being raised by all women, you didn't have a consistent male figure is the assumption I'm making to be able to sit down and have conversations like this with you either. So you navigated your young adulthood into adulthood the best you could with what you have with these wonderful women, of course, but not somebody to relate to. And so that I, I commend you because what you had said is absolutely true. We can't shield our children from things and assume that by bliss and ignorance that they won't be exposed to it. Um, I agree with that fully. I do the same thing. I try to talk to my kid about mistakes I make now. I try to remind him of... Um, all of those kinds of things, um, because that wasn't an environment that he ever had, that it's okay for me to mess up. You're supposed to. How how would you know anything? You're 14 years old, 15 years old. You're supposed to be making mistakes. It's the same thing as when you're in school. You don't know how to do anything yet because you're in that class to learn about it. But it's, it's such a hard thing to wrap around. And when you have young men, right, I was just actually having a conversation with Cole with his therapist, and Brent was there, to his dad as well. But it was like, uh, he said something, and I was like, is that a social cue you feel like you're get? Oh, he, did, he said he didn't want to talk about his feelings. And he didn't want to tell his girlfriend he was having a bad day. And I was like, is this a social cue you're getting that men don't talk about their feelings? And thankfully, he was like, no. Uh, it was just more that I feel like I'm a bother. And I was like, oh, that's a little bit of a relief for me. Because I just that, that was one thing I didn't know how to deprogram you from. Because I'm not exposed to that. I'm a cry, weepy mess. I'll cry all the time. So, you know, it's that kind of thing. It's like those things you have to take into consideration. It's not even just... The fact that you have an intense community at home—that is your direct community—but your children have a society that they are they are a part of, and so things like racism, things like oppression, things like sexism, those do exist. Even if it's not going to be something that your children may experience directly, it, even if it's not, it's just to be empathetic to the other people that it is going to be affecting is really really important. It's giving them that that leg up, in my opinion. So. I'm, bless you for winging it. it. sounds like you're doing the best you can with what you got. I mean, you can appreciate that, right?
1: Yeah. So, yeah that's, all you, that's all you can do is, you know, is, you know, do the best is what you got, you know, and, you know, teaching, you know, teaching all of my boys, you know, to, to be themselves, you know, that is, you know, that's one thing, you know, Micah more so now than the other two, because, you know, Dwayne's 10, mm-hmm. he's not far behind, but, you know, Getting into high school and being, you know, exposed to all these different things, and you know, being into this or into that, and not being ashamed of who you are, and knowing that who you are is okay. You don't have to be the most popular kid or elected to this, or you know, feel bad because you know you weren't paying attention to whatever cool movie everybody was into, and they're like I just didn't like it, so I didn't, you know, yeah you know, there's definitely a big thing and that's something that, uh, I, I've gotten better with over the last, over the last few years. It's something that I've personally gotten better with, um, uh, of being myself and, you know, oddly, you know, two years, it'll be yeah, two years coming up and the end of April, uh, Three years ago, I lost a really good friend of mine Um, out of the blue. uh, And I mean, most people have been through, you know, that pain that morning. And like I said, it really, you know, I think that's the hardest death I've ever had to deal with, Um, because outside of, you know, blood relation, this is the person I've known the longest in the world, like couldn't remember Not knowing, you know, not knowing him. And so uh, that was in 2020, right at the start of COVID. But a year later, uh, I got a tattoo. And it seems like a tattoo would be, you know, a strange thing to, you know, really teach you about being yourself. But it was something that I had to let go of because all of my other tattoos that I have are able to be hidden easily. Mm -hmm. And that was something that, you know, I had done intentionally so that I could, you know, as a black man in America present myself in a certain way when the time called for it. You know, I can, I can cover my tattoos and I can, I can be Mr. Corporate America and Mr respectable or whatever. So getting this tattoo on my wrist that, you know, you can't hide it easily, (laughs) you know, you know, it was really freeing to let go because, you know, it's something I got in honor of my friend Mm -hmm. and this is me, take it, leave it however you want to feel about it. So like I said, that's been a, that's been a growth journey, you know, of my own. So that's that's helping me. Really
0: powerful. That was really powerful. Not only for you to be able to give that gift to your kid, But in that full acceptance of self too, right? Because if we are preaching to our kids about you got to be the homecoming king, you got to have those straight A's, you got to be on a national honor society, that is an expectation that we are setting for them, not what they want. And so as you just brilliantly said, and by the way, I, I did not know that about your tattoos. It doesn't surprise me in the least bit, but I still appreciate you sharing that because I don't think a lot of people do. A lot of people realize that, yes, me maybe you need to cover your tattoos like as a general thing. Yeah, but that was also like 20 years ago. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I had no hesitancy about tattooing my body up because I'm, I'm a white woman and I wouldn't have thought twice about it, right? Like maybe not a neck or a face tattoo for sure, but the fact that you had to think about that, I think that's really powerful. And I love that tattoo. I love not only is it in remembrance of a good friend, but it is a symbol of you stepping into your light to be your optimum self, like you had said. And it's not even about like flipping off the rest of the world and like, take me, take me or leave me. It's this is me. And there should be no reason why you can't fully accept me as is. That's what you're doing for your kids. Do you understand that? That's like a whole cycle breakthrough that you're going through right there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Because, you know, my oldest, you know, he, you know, he's, He's a, a drummer or I'm not even I'm I'm going to have to stop calling him a drummer because he's turning into a musician. Yes. But he started with the drums and has been doing that for as long as he's been able to hold drumsticks. Yeah. He's been drumming on stuff and had little toy drum sets, but he got into the school band when he was in 5th grade and then when he was in 6th grade the middle school that he was at was destroyed by a tornado. Oh, my God. This, yeah. This, also, this is all in 2020, mind you. Oh, my God. Uh, so, so, in 2020, within, a, like, a three, you know, two or three weeks span, um, his school was hit by a tornado, like, the week before spring break. So, they started spring break early. Mm-hmm. The week of spring break, the, or the week after spring break, COVID hit. Uh-huh. Like hit hit. Like oh, we're we're not going back to school. Period. Right. We're not even going to try to figure out where to send these kids that don't have a school to go to. We're not going back at all. Yeah. And then, uh, and then my friend died. You know, at the end of April. Uh, mm-hmm. But back to you know, Micah. He was in sixth grade when this happened. And he ended up getting shuffled to a nearby high school mm. so they would have a building to go to. And when he got shuffled to that high school, that allowed him to join the high school marching band as a seventh grader. Ah. And so when he started band camp his first year, he was 11 years old. Yeah. And so and uh, talking to the instructors, they had to remind themselves several times that. This kid is only 11 years old because he's doing so good and they want to push him. But it's like, oh, yeah, he is still literally a child. Yeah. But yeah. He, he is thriving in that situation and he's learning to play the piano now and doing all sorts of things. You know, so, oh, you know, he's definitely growing.
0: <laughs> that warms my heart. Uh, You know, and again, kind of going back to what we were talking about, like when we have those expectations of our own children about be this, be that, be this, be that. Um, And again, slightly cliche, but to be a young black father and,
1: hey, kid, do whatever.
0: I'm going to support you. I love that you're doing that. And more importantly, I love that you love that you're doing that. This is for you. This isn't for me. This isn't for mom. It's for you. That's so important because um, it was something that you said earlier, and I just wanted to come back to it because – Again, the most important thing that you are doing is fostering an environment where your children know they can authentically be them. And you and I both know through this discovery of personal development is that that awareness is liberating because your entire life you were masking for somebody else, whether it was because of the color of your skin or the gender of your body. You show up because you you want people to accept you, even on a subconscious level. That's just what society is, right? So being able to break away from that is emotionally exhausting because you played a role for so long that it became your normal. And so not only is it to break through exhausting because will I be accepted for self? Should I even care if I'm not accepted for self? Of course. But it takes some time to go through that. And then just existing as self. It's like sometimes you have to catch yourself and, oh, but that was the old me. The real me would rather do this, this, and this. This is my belief system. So it is such an overhaul. And I think that also it's important to know that your children are very fortunate because it's like they also get to watch you over these last couple of years grow because I never saw that amongst my parents. I never saw a growth mindset. I just thought the way things are or the way things are. And it took until 32 and a therapist to start retraining my brain to a life that I was happy in. So massive kudos to you we might be winging this parenting shit but with all due respect i think we're doing okay
1: yeah uh, you know i you know i think i am you know you know i you know i think the thing about parenting you know is you know we do have those moments where it's like Ooh, I, I think I'm doing pretty good at this, but generally speaking on a day-to-day basis, I feel like I'm fucking it up every day. Yeah. <laughs> I think, Did
0: I make the right decision? Yeah. Did I love them enough? Did I say, I didn't even say hi to them this morning, all that stuff. I yeah. questioned it all too.
1: You know, so I think, you know, I think it's good to be on your toes and to, and to, you know, maybe not second guess yourself or doubt yourself, but to, to question yourself, mm-hmm. you know, to, you know, look back and wonder, you know, should I have done that? Should I have done this? What can I do better next time? You know, and that's not even just with kids. That's, you know, just life in general, yeah. you know, yep. not to get complacent in where we're at.
0: Yeah, I would agree, because then we're not growing, and then we become stagnant, and that's just how you end up in that cycle of depression and anxiety, at least for me. That's my personal uh, trap, to say the least. So, so anyway, you're going to do, you got the podcast rolling out, and I wanted to commend you on that, too, by the way, because, again, when Olivia gave me the idea of doing the podcast more sparingly. I, um, I'm not gonna say fortunate, but, um, my pure romance business has seasons. And after 10 years, I know them very well. And I knew that December was going to be light in terms of doing work outside the house. So I just started batch contenting for like three weeks, just did a whole bunch of stuff. And the same thing that you're talking about, like I'm not even sure when this podcast will go out because it's part of my batch contenting is just to get it done when I have the quote unquote free time. Uh, so as the new season rolls in where it's going to be much busier for me to be doing in-home parties, then all of this stuff has already been done, right? But it's also just again, that permission of understanding. I'm just in flow because my top priority is to be a human being and exist. And I have come to accept that, but I'll still tell anybody who will listen because I want you to know, I want you to think about maybe being a human being first as well and not somebody else's product of work and labor. Um, But it's also just like a gentle reminder for that permission for myself. As long as my clients understand, hey, I can't get back to you until four o'clock because I'm not a business owner until then. I'm a mom. It just makes me feel better. Even though I can't blow my business up to scale because human being, mother and wife are my top three priorities. Business isn't even four. Sometimes it's five, six, seven, wherever I can fit it in. That sucks in a sense of like, again, feeling like that tangible contribution. But that's just the way the life works. Like I would rather make sure that I'm putting this time and effort into my children and I don't ever want to regret that. And I don't think that I will thinking that I'll put my business on the back burner and come back to it when I have a little bit more free time.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know, I haven't, you know, in my head, you know, I have ideas for, you know, um, monetizing, you know, content, Yeah. but that's so far you know on the back burner right now that you know I'm not even worried worried about it you know I you know I'm doing what I enjoy yes you know I'm I'm having fun with it you know I am trying to get right now you know I'm trying to get the hang of TikTok yeah and you know the short form content and doing that and at some point this year, I want to branch into YouTube. Yes. Um, a couple of ideas to do that, but I'm just taking it, you know, taking it day by day and staying grounded. You know, I think that's with, you know, anything creative with me personally has always been, I will let my imagination be 35 steps ahead of me and, then when I can't make what is in my head come true, it's like, oh, well, you know, <laughs> it, there's a sense of dejection that you couldn't, you know, do what you wanted to do. So it's like, you know, really taking the time to step back and, again, be self-aware, like we've talked about. of uh, This is what I can do, and this is what I'm going to do, and I'll, you know, look, look up every now and then and peek my head towards where I want to get to, but... I got to
0: take care of this first. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'm really grateful you said that because I feel like I resonate with that message as well. It's just reminding myself because of the conditioning I had growing up. My dad was a workaholic and so I really feel like I tie so much of my tangible success into working again. And so if 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 somebody were to ask me, are you happy? Yes. How many other people have the opportunity to literally from pregnancy till your kid goes to preschool work whenever you wanted and still have all of that time with your kids. Not, not many people are gifted that. So yes, if I had to answer the question, yes, but I know that my monkey mind brain is going, well, but if you would have had this time and that time and this time and this time. And again, that comes back to the earthbound reality because we can always make more money. Like I keep telling my girlfriends that are in like my little triad of entrepreneurship. It's like, it's so difficult for me because one, When we have discord in our life, it's about not letting go of the resistance, right? So the aha moment I had the other day was that I have convinced myself for so long that my, I'm going to say success again, but like, my six, I maybe validation is a better word. That my validation as a human being comes through business, and that was still going on for me on a subconscious level until like a week ago when I was like, "Why have I not just given up the resistance to not being the full time business owner in the full acceptance of wife and mother? Why haven't I done that yet?" And again, I, I know it comes down to money. I know it comes down to a belief of that that I'm trying to work through. Um, but having said that, it's um, ugh, I kind of scrolled myself out where I was going. But I was talking about. <laughs> I was talking about like the the gratitude of the permission, what you had said. Yeah. So I am happy. And that's what bothers me personally is like, I love this life. I'm so grateful for this life. Why do I still distract myself with lack in comparison? It bothers me that I'm not in a better place in headspace to not do that to myself and my family. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. 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 I think, you know, that's, you know, that's one thing that I, I, you know, I know I definitely do it. Our minds, I think, society trains us to look at what someone else is doing and compare that to what you're, to what you feel like you're not doing. Yes. Um, and I think that's just like, you're setting yourself up for failure Mm -hmm. because everybody has a different path. Um, everybody, you know, you know, everybody has a different, a different spark, so to speak of whatever it is they want to do. For different people, something, you know, different things will spark that, that momentum. Yes. So to speak, um, I don't, you know, I don't know your different, you know, you know, demographic, you know, per se, but, um, do you know the name, uh, Jelly Roll? Yes. Jelly Roll has blown up huge over the past year. Mm Mm-hmm. Jelly Roll grew up 35 minutes from me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I remember, you know, you know, I remember Jelly Roll. I mean, and we're roughly the same age. I remember being at parties with Jelly Roll where, you know, there was a microphone and he would freestyle rap and battle people. Yeah. You know, and so he, I mean, so he's been doing, he's been doing music for well over 20 years, mm. you know, and, Toiling away and you know doing shows and you know having growth here and growth there and but something in the past year you know has put him on a, a you know a path to you know to growth and to another level so to speak and it's easy to you know I know a lot of people, you know, from this area will, you know, that was wrapped with jelly roll and be like, oh man, I could have done that. I used to wrap with jelly roll and why can't I, you know, it's yes. like, you, you know, you, you know, one, you may not have put in the exact work that he did. Right. And two, it's just, you know, the path that you're on, it didn't, it didn't click when you wanted it to click, or it didn't click the way you, the way you wanted it to click. Yes. You know, because, you know, him performing at the you know, the CMA's recently. Twenty years ago, I would have never guessed that jelly roll is at the CMA Yeah, like, yeah. The yeah. <laughs> white gangster rapper? Is that too cool? <laughs> you know. But you, you, you find your path and you and you you're willing to roll with the punches. Yeah.
0: Thank you for saying that. We've got five minutes left and I think that was like a, a nice little um Yes, validation, but it just was like kind of a little bit of a relief because I understand. I know that's, I mean, what else would I be doing to feel a lack if I wasn't comparing, right? Because I have air in my lungs. I have a beating heart. I have a roof over my head. I have an incredibly loving and supportive husband. It is like, that was the thing that was like, stop bitching and moaning. Like I get so distracted by like not enough money and not enough business and whatever, whatever. Not doing good enough for your, your kiddos. When the other day I had this like looking at my husband as he was sleeping, bitch. Until you were 32, you were so distracted with the knight shining armor theory, somebody coming in and loving you more than your dad ever did, and then you finally got it. It's almost as if you forget to remind yourself that that's, that was the gold pot that you wanted, and now you have it. And so you just moved on to figuring out something else that you were feeling lack. So I'm trying to come back around to that. So anyways, but I appreciate what you said, because what I forgot to mention is like what I was saying to my girls is that for some reason, and I know there's a reason, uh I can I, it's like I feel it in my heart like there's a vision in my head that I I feel like when my kids are older I am going to be in a place where I feel more secure that I have retired my husband that we don't have to worry about what's in the bank account we can give so much money away that we actually make change in our community that kind of thing. It's just holding on to that and understanding again you are fine where you are. Uh I just you know I think there's a little bit of that inevitability of like being older and phasing out and wondering if people will still be interested in what I have to say but then trying to counteract that I'm like bitch by that time, you'll have so much more life experience that the value of your content will be even more genuine. You know, when you started, you were in your young 30s, and some people wouldn't even be able to take you seriously because what do you know? <laughs> you don't know shit okay. in your 30s. All right. um, so all of that, just to say thank you. Uh, so, we, yeah, we got a couple of minutes left. Is there anything else that you want to say or bring up before we kind of wrap up, friend? Um.
1: Yes, because I happened to just look over and see something that reminded me. Um, I talked about Puzzle Piece Media mm-hmm. and, you know, the meaning behind the name. But I, you know, I forgot another meaning behind the name. And it's a goal of mine. Eventually, I want to have like a little studio set up in place to you know, for videos and things of that nature. And that is going to be decorated with puzzles um, because Brittany likes to do puzzles yeah. and she, you know, her and her friends do them. There's, we have a, like a 3000 piece Disney puzzle hanging on the wall in our garage right now. Cool. And so what I would say is, you know, we talked a lot about self-awareness and doing things for yourself. Give that to your partner as well.
0: Yes.
1: You know, she, I don't know when the, she just bought herself a small little puzzle, but most of the puzzles that she's done, I've bought for her oh. because I know she enjoys doing them. I know she needs that time for herself to have something to do that fulfills her outside of work. And so that's something I try to do for her. Make sure she has some puzzles that she can do when she has time. So not only be self-aware, be aware of your partner as well.
0: Hell yeah. Hell yes. I would agree with that. Cause obviously I commend Tony. He didn't, he was not the person that did the change. I can say that. I know that I know it was me. But he was the person that held the safe space. I never had that before. That's why I didn't have the literally the the facilitation to be able to make change because I was so scared. Right. So I would agree with that fully. And making sure like even though my husband is self-aware and he's a hard worker, he still does not take time for himself ever. Like that's part of his identity is wrapped up in that providership. So I'm going to take that back and tell him all about it. Uh, and also, by the way, as we do get ready to wrap up, I would love to have you back actually as you continue to do your puzzle piece stuff, but mostly because you had mentioned like TikTok, like I'm there too, but as as a, uh, a content producer, but most importantly as a sex educator, I struggle with things like Facebook and Reels and TikTok because we are only really perpetuating that short form content like you had said I know that you have an attention problem I know you like a dopamine drip there's only so much I can tell you in 10 to 30 seconds without it just purely being for entertainment so uh, I would be curious to kind of talk to you a little bit about that uh, pick your brain as business owners who are moving forward um you know it's something that I'm trying to consider as well how do I flow into productive business but still maintain the integrity of my brand you know what I mean very much so cool all right well then we know for sure we're having a part two at some point okay uh so uh, this was a really great conversation i know it was pretty organic that was kind of the intention of it anyways i really 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 enjoyed hearing about where you are i'm so proud of you and your family and your boys are incredibly lucky so is britney but i know that she's uh you're lucky to have her as well and um thanks so much for being my friend all these years and doing stuff like this no problem thank
1: you i had a
0: lot of fun Always. (laughs) Awesome, friends. Well, we'll make sure to put um, ways to connect with Namaya in the uh, description so you can follow along with what's going on in his life as well. Reach out to me if you have any questions or concerns. Uh, It was truly an honor to have you on the podcast today. I thank each and every one of you who is listening, watching, subscribing, giving us feedback, whatever. And uh, as usual, stay happy, stay healthy, and wash your hands.